0: Oh, that's a sad thing to start
1: with. She wanted to hear you for 90 minutes. I know, yeah. <laughs>
0: Everyone starts crying when they hear that I'm talking. Okay, um, so good morning. Um, I'm only saying that. I've been here for a few minutes talking to folks, but if you're a podcaster, all either zero or one of you that exists, um, you're just now hearing the beginning. Um so I wanted to tell you all that as I I was trying to think about what to talk about today, and um, Jill and I talked uh, about uh, different things we could talk about, and we even talked talked about mm, the possibility of me just sharing some of my thoughts on the living room and where I'm at and, you know, kind of things like that. And I think the, the more we talked, the more we decided that, today would be a good day to just have a nice normal teaching just something nice and normal Um, so that's what i've done so i went back and looked at the uh the summer teaching series from the lectionary i think most of you know that i have this mixed relationship with the lectionary but in general i really like it which is weird and quirky because i don't normally like stuff like that but i do um and so today, uh, the last time I talked, I talked about Ephesians chapter 1, some of Paul's writings. And uh, today's topic is just a follow-up to that. So Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. I'm hoping that someone else didn't already teach on this, but if they did, I'll bet we say different things. So I took a risk with that because the, the, the date actually for this was back in July or something. Um, but my version of it, the, the what I got out of it when I read it, um, Uh, was something along the lines of can we all just get along? Um, So we'll talk about that for a bit today. Um, Let's see here. So we don't want to talk about that yet. So I think what I want to do is, if I can get there, is read. Oh, I can look up here and I can see it much easier. Let's just do that. So Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22, I'll try to make this nice and smooth so we can all read it. Okay, so this is Paul writing, um, and as I read this, I, I might even back up a little bit, because as I read this, it'll make me think of things. So let, let me just start by reading it. I'm reading from the message, and oh, that's, that's what you sad thing. I'm reading from the message, and um, there we go. Uh, just because I've been reading from it here lately, I don't know why I've liked the message. Now for several months, uh, I've been kind of stuck on that. That it's just been working for me. I don't know if I'm getting kind of lazy or what. Um, but it just—it's just such plain language. You know, for me, the message is like having. Um, like the best granddad you ever had retell the Bible to you. That's the way it is for me. So it's not really like reading the Bible. It's almost like having somebody reread it to you, paraphrase. And um, That's because that's what it is. Yeah, I mean that's it, what it not, is. It's not
1: a translation, um, it's a paraphrase. But it's
0: yeah, but but for me, I just I don't know. I just like it. It's like someone yeah. It's like someone's read the Bible because all preaching, in a sense, it is this. You got some person that has studied something and then they're in essence retelling it to you in their own language. Yeah. I feel like the, the message sort of took the middleman out. Uh, you know, it just went straight to it, so that when you when you open it up, you can read it that way. Um, but let me read. So, but don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any any of this, didn't know the first thing about the way God works, hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. Now, let me just stop and, and, and say that um, I didn't dig enough to know for sure, but I think in general, Paul is talking to a um, uh, 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 Gentiles to, to non-jew folks here Now I'm not positive about that so he's either talking to Gentiles or he's talking to Jews that have fallen away um, but I think he's pretty much talking to Gentiles okay so when he talks about the outsiders he's talking about the people that were traditionally not a part of Christ's family okay up here, here. you knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and, and promises in Israel hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large? Now because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you were once you who were once out of once out of it altogether are in on everything. The Messiah has made things up between us. I'm sorry. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this. Both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep. Um, he, he tore down the wall we used. He tore down the wall we used to keep. No. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other. At, I, I'm not reading it right. I know what it says, but I want to say it right. He tore down the wall we used to keep. We used.
2: Ah, there we go. Yeah, we, we tore down the wall. We used
0: to keep each other in the distance. There we go. Kinderg- kindergartners do better than that, probably. So. All right. Um, kindergartners, right? Not first graders. Kindergarteners,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: just... Oh. I don't know how you do that. Um, so he repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. I'm pretty sure the King James says that quite a bit different than that. Uh, But uh, I I love, he repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over, I call that pulling a herb. (laughs) (laughs) Then he started over, instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, He created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you, outsiders. And peace to us insiders. Now, see that—that line's a little bit weird to me, though, because oh no, that's okay. I always think that Paul is not a Jew, but Paul was a Jew, wasn't he? Okay, that's so it does make sense. Hi, guys. Hi. Um. Okay, so the I'm just going back to the back up to the top there. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace. And that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country you're no longer strangers or outsiders you belong here with as much right to this to the name christian as anyone god is building a home he's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he is building he used the apostles and prophets for the foundation now he's using you fitting you fitting you in brick by brick stone by stone with Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together, we see it taking shape day after day—a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Now I want to reread, um, starting right there at the top top line. There where it says, "He He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now He's using you, fitting you in." Brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Um, Because we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Now, back to this. Can we all just get along? So I hope you've got a a little bit of a sense uh, where I'm going with this, because Paul is very much trying to make these so-called outsiders feel like... Insiders, I think the vibe I'm getting from this is that Paul, Paul, Paul's addressing an issue that he sees where Gentiles that maybe want to be a part of the Christian community, um, or maybe at least are intrigued, um, are not sure they're welcome. That's what it feels like to me, and he's trying to make sure that they realize that as a result of Christ. Um, and the work he did, um, that they should all be one instead of being separated, because there has been thousands of years, a few thousand years, of separation between these folk, and um, and he's trying to encourage that to stop. So, the thing I wanted to ask you um, is, what is if there's division, I, I think of it as the outsiders, and the there's division that Paul's trying to close. I want to ask you the question, what is the first division that God closed? So let me go back. Pull it back up here. If you'll all lay down on your sides, please. <laughs> we had pillows, we could all make it <laughs> perfect. Um, so let's read the first part here. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any, any of this. Didn't know the first thing about the way God works. Hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel, having a clue about what God was doing in the world world at large, now because of Christ dying that death shedding that blood you who were once out of it all together are in on everything so what is the first division that God's closing this is really important is it Jews and Gentiles? Is that the gap he's trying to close first? He doesn't say anything about that in that first
2: um, chapter, or first paragraph. It's maybe between God and man.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's just that I just want to make that as a kind of a quick reminder to us as we see these gaps in our lives. Um I don't care what the gap is, um, if it's an issue I'm having at work or it's an issue I'm having with my family or with one of you or something like that, that as Christ followers, the, the default is to remind ourselves to close any gaps that we have to between ourselves and God first. And so he's talking to what is likely, uh, in this case, Gentiles, the outsiders, um, but he starts off making quite a a statement to them that they really aren't outsiders. They're really insiders. They're really a part of Christ directly. Um, and then later on, he's going to talk more about uh, the two being bonded through Christ. Um, but first and foremost, it's it's like it's it, it's a very foundational thing for all of us to to be re- reminded that before we start trying to close these gaps in the places around us, let's make sure we're closing these gaps, any gaps we've got between ourselves and God that may be related to that. Um, Okay. So now, what is the second division that was closed? Um, And as I already said, the second division that he's really talking about is he sees this gap between the insiders and the outsiders. He sees the which is likely the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's wanting to close this gap. Um, And so the first question I've got for you is, did you see God closing this gap directly or indirectly? And you probably don't know what I mean by that, but I want you to think about that for a minute. Is God closing the gap directly or indirectly so let me give you uh, sort of I'm just making up an example here but um, in the counseling world if you've got two people who are not getting along oftentimes it doesn't work very well to just tell them you two work it out sometimes that works but usually if there's some pretty serious issues going on between two people, it could be married people or families, that's more difficult, but it could even be coworkers. Um, Usually it involves a third person, okay? And so you've got this third person that's coming in and the third person, they can just simply do what the two people ought to be able to do on their own. But a lot of times the third person can actually Connect with the one person and they can connect with the other person in kind of a um, non-confrontational way and they can sort of be this conduit, okay? So they can be here, you have got two people talking, but since they can't effectively talk to each other, they can be sort of this conduit. And I found it so interesting that Paul himself is being that conduit a little bit here, encouraging it, Um, But he's really pointing out in this thing over and over that God is that conduit, or Christ more explicitly is that conduit. Could closing an obvious gap be the wrong action? Okay. So what I am really mean, what I mean by that, closing an obvious gap be the wrong action. There are when I've looked back on my life that I've seen something that is an obvious gap to me. It's something that should happen. It's something that should change. Um, And I want that to change. And I force that change somehow or another. I, I kind of step in and really kind of put pressure on the situation for that to happen. And if I'm being very honest with myself as I look back at those actions... I don't remember, when it's not gone well, that's what I'm really talking about, I don't remember giving God a chance to see this gap and making sure that the gap is being closed through Christ. I just want to close the gap, okay? And until I started really thinking about this, I didn't realize how how often I'm probably missing something there. So I'm going to give you an, an example that came up this week. Um, it was really a weird discussion, um, but there's a guy here in town that works for Cummins. Um, his name's Brett Fat Hour. Um, makes you want to snicker, doesn't it? <laughs> Fat Hour.
2: Um, but anyways, does anybody know
0: Brett Fat Hour? By the way, he, he's completely awesome. So um, Brett, if you're listening to the podcast, one of the thousands listening to the podcast. Um, uh, you're great. Anyways, so Brett and I don't know each other hardly at all. We just kind of like, we know each other's faces. We both work at Cummins. He comes walking by me at Panera Bread. Panera, by the way, Panera Bread's the new McDonald's for me um, because they have a deal now for six ninety-five. You can buy a pass, an electronic pass, and then you can have free soft drinks for a month. So that beats McDonald's. So I now go to Panera Bread regularly and get me my drink and then sit outside and and do work at Panera Bread, it's great. Um, But anyway, so Brett comes by me there and he sees me and we just kinda nod and then he comes walking over to me a few minutes later and, uh, and he says, hey, you know, I don't remember, if you remember my name. I'm Brett Federer. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I know you. And, and uh, we were talking about work stuff, and he actually had had a situation where he had seen my name recently at work, so it, it made him think of me. And then he says to me something quite funny. He says, well, the way I know you, and almost, I don't think anybody here, maybe Mr. Ritchie um, will remember this. He says, I remember you, and you were in the downtown Charles Dickens. Thing that used to happen. So, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do you Um, remember
2: it? The first Christian thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to it? I don't think I ever made it to it. (laughs) So, First Christian Church spent
0: a significant sum of money, um, and so I will just say they would spend financially at least twice what our annual budget is here at the uh, mega opus called the Living Room. But um, they would spend a significant amount of money and an unbelievable amount of volunteer hours to build a Charles Dickens village out in front of the church and around the side of the church. And so if you've ever seen these little um, homes that people buy and put on their mantles a lot of times at Christmas time, they're just they're just adorable. Um, my mom has been big set of them, um, but anyways, they literally rebuilt three and four story tall versions of these, I mean, they are life size, I mean, it looked just like an old village, and they built, and it was just facades, and they built these things, and they would put them up, and then we would do a version of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol up in that area, and I was the Scrooge's nephew. Um, mm-hmm. and so, no, um, I was Scrooge's nephew, not the Scrooge's
2: <laughs>
0: nephew, so really weird. And, um, he's not a real person either, just to clarify. But there um, is only
2: one, so the... Do I? There is only one, so you can say
0: the, right? Yeah, but we had, but we had three. So, to make it even more <laughs> complex. We had multiple Scrooge's, but only one nephew. Now, is that confusing? Yes. <laughs> Very because at, i was only in one scene but there were multiple scenes and so you needed the same scrooge in all scenes so every third time they would loop back around and i would be back with the same scrooge again so i, I had to interact with multiple scrooges but i didn't need to be in multiple scenes so it was just one of me so but anyway. anyways <laughs> now, <laughs> <really back> <laughs> so brett steinhower remembers that which then made me think, closing the gap. One of the things that really bothered me, and if those of you have ever talked to me about these types of topics will know this, it bothered me that we spent so much volunteer time and so much money putting on a play that. Was primarily for rich people. I mean, most of the people that came were well off people. Most of the people that came were Christ followers. Well, you know, I, I actually I shouldn't say that. I don't think that's the truth. But we were basically just putting on a really nice performance for the community. So I started bringing up in elder meetings at the church why don't we take all of these funds and all of this stuff and convert it to something that was more Christ like? Christ like cuz I know I know what's Christ like and what we were doing was not Christ like in my mind, It was nice. It was a nice gift. It was like the church just handing out nice Christmas gifts to people, but you know to me it didn't make sense. And so we decided at some point to cease doing this event and then roll all of those funds and all of those volunteer hours into Fixing homes in the downtown community and having an impact on people's lives that were in need. Doesn't that sound great? Anybody have any idea what actually happened when we ceased doing the Dickens thing and converted to doing that? Exactly what you all said. Nothing. (laughs) Because what we did, and this is where I'm saying, I, I tried to close a gap. I feel like kind of circumventing God, what was going on was a completely beautiful thing, and it was very complex, and it's one of these things in life that is hard to pull off. It's hard to get this many people to work together to do something very nice, even if it's just a gift for the community. And the idea that you could take that and then just like rework it into what Quinn thought was so-called the right thing to do, um, is very unlikely, and it didn't work well at all. And, you know, basically the whole thing just kind of imploded and and it never ever got legs again to go. And so to me, that's an example of a person closing a gap and like not not keeping everything in the loop. Whether or not Christ is frustrated with me or not about that, I don't know. But did I take something that was kind of good and turn it into something beautiful? or was I a part of that? No, we took something that was kind of good and we just killed it. And didn't ever do anything else, and um, and so, was, anyways, Brett Fatauer and I were having a, a discussion about that this week, um, and it just I, to me it kind of tied back into this. Wow, I talked a long time about that, so hopefully uh, that made some sense. I I'm was so.
1: impressed you had that kind of pull that you can suggest something and they drop what they were doing. Do but well, <laughs> I don't have any even remotely close to that
0: kind of pool. But I was not the only one. Yeah. There were multiple of us suggesting the same
2: thing.
0: And um, and, and it's more complex than that, too. It was very hard to pull off. And so there were some other people who were kind of wanting to stop doing it as well. Okay. So, now, could closing an obvious gap be the wrong action? I just want to say it could be. When does closing a gap need to be done but actually closing it is the wrong action? Um, And by that, I'm saying... When... When... When does closing a gap need to be done, but actually closing it is the wrong action? So maybe you could argue going back to the Charles Dickens thing that maybe the idea of closing the Charles Dickens and starting something else, maybe that is the right thing. But just doing it is the wrong thing because what we did is we just eliminated something that was beautiful and didn't replace it with anything. Um, because we didn't handle it very well. And I think that can happen uh, with our families, that we can try to force a gap to close at a very rapid pace, or we can try to force a gap to close in a way that we wanted to close, um, and yet uh, we can just make things worse. So sometimes we have a perception and we think we're right, and maybe we are right, That there's something needs to change in life. There's something that needs to be adjusted. And I would just argue be thinking about working through Christ. You've got this gap. Make sure you're kind of filling that that void with Christ. Now, I'll get to this more in just a second. And let Christ sort of close it in his time as opposed to us closing it in our time. That's that's really where I'm going with that. Um, And then finally, it happens answering that question. It happens when a gap is not the real problem, but instead is a symptom of a different problem. So if you go back to the Dickens example for, uh, for a moment, it wasn't just that everything was working and, and it was great and awesome, and we just needed to tweak it a little bit. We're going to tweak it from the Dickens thing to this other thing. No, that, that wasn't the real problem. The real problem, if, if there was a problem, the real problem was that people loved doing stuff like Dickens. I loved it. It was a blast. People, there were some retired people. They loved building these big houses and putting them up and that kind of stuff. These same people didn't have any experience of working with people in need. And it's a completely different ball game. So maybe the gap that needed to be closed was to help us all learn what was it like to be Christ and to go spend time with people that maybe you don't like spending time with or go help people that maybe are hard to help. Maybe that was the gap that needed to be closed, and you close that through Christ. And then what I perceived as the gap is we're doing this beautiful thing here that I want to transfer over here. Maybe that happens in Christ's time as opposed to happening in Quinn's time. Does that make sense? So, looking at that third point, so when does closing a gap need to be done, um, but actually closing it is the wrong action? You could argue that's it happens when the gap is not the real problem, but instead a symptom of a different problem. Okay. Okay, so how big is the divide between the Jews and the Gentiles? Anybody want to guess in your mind, how big is that gap? Is it as big as the gap between the living room and CCC? Speak.
1: Bigger.
0: Much bigger. I hope somebody, (laughs) from my side, I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, exactly, bigger. Give me another, what kind of a gap are we talking about here, Jews to Gentiles? Can you can you think of an uh, it, analogy? Yeah. Excuse me. From the east to the west. Are you talking? <laughs> I can't hear you. Sorry.
2: I said from the east to the west.
0: As big as from the east to the west. Okay. All right.
2: I mean, weren't they like the Jewish people taught from the beginning that in order to preserve their faith, they had to completely like yeah avoid anything Gentile. Because it was all tainted. Yeah, I mean, I think there were, I, I don't, I can't remember all the details, but yes, you're right. There there are definitely
0: times that interaction, I think, it was almost like interacting with a dead person or interacting with a, a dirty animal. Um, dirty. <laughs> um, yeah, is it as big as. Uh, US to the Taliban? It might have not been far from that. You know? I, I don't know. Maybe even bigger. I don't know. I mean, we're talking big, right? Big, 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 big differences. That is the gap that Paul is dealing with here. Big, big, big gap, right? So I've got a question. So how how do you mix bricks that don't match? Do because okay, he talked about bricks in this a little bit talked about stones and foundations and cornerstones how do you mix bricks that don't match? Make... now I'm not a mason um, so I, I I don't know that I've ever really put bricks on anything maybe I have, I don't know um, the fireplace went well yeah, that doesn't count not really, no that's uh, the fireplace is like suggesting that you've used Lincoln logs, so therefore you can build a house. Like you know, it's like a it's like putting little pieces together. Yeah. It's not the real. One. Yeah. It's like a puzzle. Right. Don't Um. But my point about this and where I'm going with this is that. If you think about Christ as a cornerstone, okay, we normally look out and think about Christ, but you notice today I, I talked multiple times, I put a hand here, and I put a hand here, and I kept doing this kind of thing, okay? The reason I was doing that is because I've been thinking a lot about Christ as a cornerstone and thinking about how if you just take two kinds of bricks and you lay them together, and I've seen this before, it is torture to ever get them to match Um, and in fact on really really big brick walls if you look closely you'll be able to see where the different batches of bricks because they can't make that many brick in one um, one firing basically and even the so-called same type of brick will be different from firing to firing from batch to batch and those types of things and you'll be able to see that so um, and, and again we uh, talking about First Christians Dickens thing. If you go look at First Christian Church, it's a great example of this. You go look on the side of the building, um, kind of close to Dairy Queen, but but not. Anyway, I don't know how to explain. It. Anyways, there's a big, big, massive brick wall there, and if you look at it, you can clearly see two different areas where they couldn't quite make the bricks match, um, and it looks very, very different. And yet they were all put up at the same time. However if you do your brick matching at a corner and you take bricks that are pretty close and then you through some sort of corner event you match them it's a lot better if you literally put a cornerstone in and then come off of that cornerstone with different bricks on either side you'll never even notice it i mean it'll it'll just be completely hidden Um, and so i think that's really interesting that he talked about using christ as a cornerstone um, to help pull these bricks together because in my head that makes perfect sense um, That you don't try to make Jewish bricks and Gentile bricks intermixed because their cultures are completely different and there's n- nothing there That's going to really work very well, but if you connect them through Christ as a cornerstone to me that makes a lot of sense um, So you start with a cornerstone which matches both kinds of bricks. So you get a cornerstone that works with both kinds, and that will work, okay. And then I've got one, I think I've got one last slide for us to talk about. So to wrap things up, good, where I wanna be. To wrap things up uh, on the last slide is, what gaps are we trying to fix or make which God is trying to close with Christ? What gaps are we trying to fix or make? (laughs) We're creating gaps. Um, In fact, I'm sure we're creating gaps. um, Which God is trying to close with Christ. Um, I think this is something I hope you guys can go off and think about this. I'm going to talk a little bit about this, what I mean by this, and hopefully. So, I think it's easy for us as the living room, for us as individuals, for us as the Columbus churches in Columbus, it's easy for us to become completely convinced that issues and things that we see that we would like to to see changed, that we know how to fix these things, um, as opposed to thinking that could we step back and think of ourselves as bricks on one side looking over at bricks on the other, and maybe we need to let Christ be that cornerstone and try to pull us together. Um, Over the years, we made a lot of efforts to, um, made a lot of efforts to try to combine with other churches in town in different ways. And it's always been a challenge. It's really, really tricky. Um, But there are people out there that definitely want to do that. I just ran into um, a—I uh, think he works at CCC—a um, guy named Nate here in town that I know—and um, it was really interesting. We were—I was telling him about the living room, and he was asking about things. and, and he has said this before, as as well as Scott Hunley from CCC. Um, you know how how there was just like oh, whatever whatever you guys need, you know, let us know. Let you know we'll try. You know, don't don't hesitate to come ask those kinds of things. And and you just love that kind of stuff because so many churches struggle to get along um, with each other. And so, um, I've got a couple things I wrote down here. Let me read them really quickly and make sure I'm not missing something. I wrote down here, it is important that we regularly open ourselves up to accepting our misunderstandings. We need to make sure Yeah, we need to make sure that we aren't creating gaps when God is trying to close them. Um, And so I think about us, you know, again, we're at kind of a transition time. We're trying to think about what does the future of our community look like? How do things work? Um, And I think about uh, over the years as I've seen all the transition. And it's so easy to fall into the normal North American Christian kind of mindset that when someone has left our community, um, sometimes they leave. It, people leave communities in different ways, um, but when someone has left our community to join a different Christian community in town, it, it's hard to not have some odd feelings about that, um, as opposed to getting excited about the possibility that maybe, They were a part of the living room. Now they're being a part of this other community, and hopefully because of the things they've learned being part of their community and using Christ, hopefully that's kind of pulling our two communities closer together, and I think it does sometimes. Um, But I think we also, as I said here, we need to make sure that we aren't creating gaps when God is trying to close them. So I think we all need to be constantly thinking about what we're doing here as a community, and are there gaps that god is trying to close you know i thought about um i don't i don't know what the status is but i think we had uh one of our families that was interacting with hope christian church and i was thinking about how interesting that is because i don't think the living room has ever had a connection to hope christian church i I can't remember it at least over the years i I know um uh, a staff person there um uh, a guy I really like, named John Sisteen. Um I think he's this kind of senior pastor guy there. But have we ever done any bit together? And so I started thinking like, it's actually pretty exciting uh, to think that we might have this living room brick and this uh, I think it's called New Hope, right? New Hope Christian. It's just New Hope brick, and that maybe there's some bonding going on there. But I have to admit that deep down inside, I I don't want people to not be here, and so that's a hard thing to deal with. Um, And so I would just encourage us all to really just just really think about this and what this means for us. I said here it's important for it's important that we regularly open ourselves to accepting our misunderstandings uh, whenever. And what I mean by that is that understanding where there are gaps, where they should be closed, and when we should be closing them ourselves versus using Christ to help us close them. And then the second one is we need to make sure that we are not creating gaps when God is trying to close them. So um, we can wrap up at any time. It's 10 kills. It's a good time to stop. Um, But we're not in a big rush. So does anybody have anything they want to say? What's kind of... Am I triggering anything there?
1: Making me think of anything? When you had the the, uh, the thing up there that said that the second gap God was trying to close, I forget how, exactly how you... Um, because the first question, I thought you were trying to get that, the God and humanity. I wasn't sure if, if you were going back that far. But... The second gap, is and this may sound kind of blasphemous, but it's almost, it's a gap that God created by calling out Abraham, and and of course, I don't think the plan was for this to cause a division at all, it was meant to do the opposite. But this whole thing is, um, it's like if God called out Abraham, and then he had to close that gap because they became the Jewish people and all that. And, and I don't know. I, I just—that's the first thing I thought of—is like it, it's actually something. It's it's kind of like um, what you said about not letting God do the work. Is that Abraham got called out, and then the Jewish people knew they were of God, and then they decided how they were going to run everything instead of actually trying to let God make the connection between everything. And, and, and yeah, I, and, and
2: I
0: do want to say one thing is that. When you talk about gaps, I mean, you can't generalize this too far because there are gaps that are really, really heated. Dude. To me, that's kind of what God was doing. Right. He, he was creating a gap in the beginning because right. it, it was needed yes. to kind right. of separate things out and give a chance to do some cleansing and, and, right. and start to recover things. And there are plenty of situations in my life where I have intentionally created gaps and I can look back at those and think, yeah, that, that was a good gap. To right. create. I needed some breathing room. I needed to get away from a certain situation. So um, I believe in that situation, you know, I wanted the gap. God wanted the gap. We all wanted the gap. Right?
1: <laughs> and, and I think part of what um, the, uh, the uh, scripture is about there, and I, I get Ephesians and Philippians mixed up sometimes, but I, I know that Paul was fighting really hard because the Jewish people kept telling the Gentiles they had to become Jewish to become Christian, the Christian Jews, and the Jewish people were telling the Gentiles, you said they needed to become Jewish yes. to become
0: Christian. Right. right? right. And yeah. And the, ju- the, Jew- the Jews back. who became yeah.
1: Christians kept telling the Gentiles they had to do all that, and, and Paul's fighting against that the whole time, and saying that that's not what's needed. That right. Christ is the connection that makes it all work. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, we go on with that today. I mean, there's plenty of
1: denominations
0: around. Or, um, and, you know, probably we even do a little bit of it here. Who knows? Uh, where we sort of say you need to become, you know, if not strictly speaking formally part of a group in order to, to be a real Christian. Right. Um, I mean, we might even here, without even knowing it, be like, well, you need to at least... I believe X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, in order to to be right with Christ, so you know, we could fall into that same trap. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Anybody
0: else?
2: Nothing. I was. Oh, <laughs> Mr. is back. I didn't mean to call you a Cricket. Sorry. Uh, I was thinking of. Uh something when you were talking about closing the gap or how closing the gap with God kind of affects closing the gap between people and it it made me think of the scripture about well there's the, the parable about how like God forgiving people's debts and so then they forgiving each other's debts if they're not forgiving each other's debts, then it doesn't allow God to forgive their debts. And it made me think, you know, if you have God in the center and everyone else are kind of distant from him, like spokes around a wheel, like as people are getting closer to God. They have to get closer to each other. Mm,
0: yeah, good analogy. Yeah. And
2: if they refuse to get closer to each other, then then they can't get closer to God because they're 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 like you can't do it. You can't have you can't make your spokes smaller but still have the ends as far away from each other. Yeah,
0: yeah I uh, went to. Uh... I almost said Chrysalis is not a Chrysalis, it's an Emmaus walk um, a few years ago, um, and that's a multi denominational thing. And, and a person asked me afterwards what I thought of it, and I, I made a comment, and it sounded derogatory, but I didn't mean it derogatory. But I said, I think it's North American Christianity done at its best.
2: <laughs>
0: Does that sound derogatory? Apparently it did, but um, I didn't mean it to. Um, but what I meant by that was, I, I think. For denominations, very de- denominations of varying—you know—got a wide diversity in belief system. For them to get together and unite behind something is really tough. I mean, we we don't do it well in North America, um, and yet that organization does it as well as I've ever seen it done. Um, and you know, there were plenty of times there were things being said and things happening that were making me crazy uncomfortable. But there were tons of times that we were all bonded in Christ, praying together, studying together, being in agreement on the vast majority of things that were being talked about, um, and and so in the end it was really really good. But I found myself when you your spoke analogy was making me think of that. I found myself realizing that as you get closer and closer and closer, I mean you got to lean more and more. You know, it's like you got to hold tight to God because. It gets challenging um, Because you have to start dealing with some things That are hard to deal with Um, So it takes a lot of faith. Anything else? Okay, let's pray And we'll call it a day God, we appreciate this chance To uh, read some of The words that Paul wrote And that we believe you um, Guided Paul to write And uh, we just ask that you'll help us to recognize uh, how difficult the task was that Paul was dealing with um, and to embrace that and to do everything we can do uh, to help people that are in different cultures and different uh, belief systems but that are united in wanting to look to you uh, for strength, that, w- that we will do our part to make that work. Um, and we just ask that you will guide us to share your love and to be your uh, your family and to be a bright shining light for you in the world around us in everything we do uh, this coming week and always. It's the Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks so much. Have a good week.